welcome to Building Boston and Beyond, an educational podcast empowering Massachusetts residents with information, updates surrounding the economic growth of their community, improvements to their neighborhood, and access to resources to enhance their quality of life. From discussions with public officials, businesses, organizations, and change makers, Building Boston and Beyond aims to inform and empower residents to have a voice, support each other, and join the decision-making process in their community. Today's guest is Abby Gray, private chef and owner of Cooking with Abby, a culinary school located just south of Boston in Norwell, Massachusetts. Abby's background and path to realizing her culinary dream is inspiring. From politics to publishing to event planning, Abby combined these skills, then added her passion cooking and reinvented herself. Her motivating energy is contagious. To those of us rethinking our careers, her story is testament that it is never too late to pursue your dreams. Now let's begin with something about yourself, like your background, how you arrived to where you are today in culinary. I cooked in the background of my life, of my career for my whole life. It was always my passion. And I started when I was very young, like 10 years old, I wanted to make dinner. And so my mom would give me money each week to go to the grocery store and pick out what I wanted to make for dinner. And I think the first the first meal I did do was a chicken cordon bleu. And I was very obsessed with Julia Child. And at the time, Julia and the Galloping Gourmet and Jacques Pepin were the only chefs on TV that I had access to. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because, you know, full circle, I ended up, Jacques Pepin actually ended up teaching me in culinary school. I just loved it. And I always did things that took me to food. Basically, I think that food is the way to get to know people, to get to know cultures, to understand politics, to all kinds of things, to understand nature. And I, I just like kept gravitating towards the business, but I didn't know how to enter it. You know, being a chef in a restaurant is very different than what I do. There weren't like tons of options or maybe there were, but I couldn't see them. So I always, like I said, I did it in the background. I worked on Capitol Hill and I, uh, and that was great, but that actually gave me a lot of insight into, um, you know, food programs and hunger and legislation that affects restaurants, etc. And then I ended up working for a magazine in events and I love events. Events are part of my company and I ended up working for Thompson Media in New York and I worked there for a long time and I ended up as a publisher. Writing is my other love. So I ended up working as a publisher, which was great. And my bosses at the time loved me to do the wine dinner. So in advertising, you do a ton of entertaining. And so I would put together these wine dinners and special destination dinners for our bankers. And then long story short, and this is like a shortened version. We moved to Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. I was so tired of corporate life and I opened a retail store hoping to put in like a little wine bar, but I had a big gourmet section and I thought, oh, I'll, I'll do this. And I did do that. But out of that came my relationship actually with Todd English, who is the owner of Olives and a lot of Boston chefs who came in to do special events for me. I have to credit Todd English for the one saying to me, just go to culinary school. It doesn't matter how old you are. (laughs) That's wonderful. No, that's a great, great story. Where are you now? So we moved to Norwell in 2015 and we found this amazing, beautiful one acre property, but it has a huge vegetable garden that was already kind of staked out and we keep improving upon that. And it has a koi pond and it has 
Um, my husband rebuilt a beautiful grape arbor and he made a 12 foot table. So a lot of our special dinners are under that, under the grape arbor, we call them under the lights. It's not a property for everyone. You have to kind of, you know, there's a well shed and there's a, we call it a wine shed and there's a garden and there's a cutting garden that we're building. It's not totally done. Right. You could see like if you were a young couple and you weren't necessarily up for the challenge, it would be a hard property, but we knew what we were getting into. So we landed here and that's kind of where I set up shop for Cooking with Abby. That's wonderful. Now your company, Cooking with Abby, what services do you provide? So you can hire me as a private chef. We do curated catered events. We do farm to table dinners. I do lots of cooking classes. I run camps for certain schools in the town or if people ask me to do a camp. I did do a couple camps just like through Cooking with Abby, but the schools asked me to fill programming in summer. Okay. So I tend to end up doing those camps, management retreats. I do a lot of corporate classes and events. Because I was in management for so long in corporate, I used to have to go on those management retreats. Some of the corporations that have hired me have enjoyed the fact that I understand how they work. I understand the breakout groups and the cooking competition, and it's fun. I'd like to do more of those. You know, they're good money makers and they're interesting and they they get people also into nature. Like I have them go pick their ingredients out of the garden if it's that time of year. Right. But we also did one recently. I've done one now two years in a row for a company where I prepared 55 kits of food and they pick it up and then we, we cook together on a Zoom. And that's how they do their party because they have people kind of all over. So that that's nice. I do menu planning and then I have a travel business with a partner. And what does that entail, the travel business? Well, I started out doing culinary adventures, which were cooking classes and everything food related in Italy and France. I realized being, you know, just me, we tend to limit it to six to eight people and being just me is difficult and it's a lot of planning. So being responsible for eight people's lives on the road in Europe is tough by yourself. My friend Megan and I were talking and she had lived in Slovakia and traveled extensively and she's a lawyer and she's like, I want to do something with travel. And so we put together this company and it was actually really taking off in February of 2019. We were, we were going to do a big Morocco trip. We had a Vienna trip. We had a France trip. And then obviously the breaks. And we're getting ready to ramp up again because we have a group that wants to go to Italy. We're a small shop. Like I said, we only take six or eight people. And that's because it allows us to travel in a way where we can use the eight and 10 passenger vans and they get into, we can have private tours of museums and things because we can, we're a small group with a private uh, leader and it's just, it's more intimate experiences. Right. And you create the whole agenda for them. Yeah. We create everything. We give downtime. We've learned a lot. So Italy is primarily you're cooking with chefs locally in their kitchens. And that's how I actually based my business off of was my trip to Italy a decade ago where I fell in love with a chef who just, she was just so amazing. And we became great friends and her kids came to live with us in Boston and um, our, our families became great friends. 
Oh, that's beautiful. She was a teacher and she went to the best pasta making school in Northern Italy. And she then opened this cooking school, which is now she has a restaurant, but it's so different because it's like at the bottom of her flat. She's got a, a shop of amazing cheeses and all kinds of things. That experience is different because I'm also very close to many of the chefs that we cook with there. Mm -hmm. Whereas France is amazing, but we tend to do the wine tour on the front end and then Paris on the back end. So we go to Bordeaux and that's really fun because our guide there is a very, very well-educated sommelier. He buys and sells vineyards, but he's also owned a vineyard. He's made wine. You go, you do the backdoor tour and you get, you know, these amazing tastes of wine that will be very world respected. (laughs) So that's super fun. And then we do classes. Paris has like La Cuisine de Paris, which is amazing cooking school. And we make croissants on a townhouse on the Seine. And Wow. We do a walking food tour and all those kinds of things. What are you promoting now locally, offering people interested in cooking? And I am trying to figure out who I am again in my business because the big events are the money makers. Putting together crews of people and taking my show on the road is not really who I want to be. Mm-hmm. But I have these beloved clients who I do a dinner for them in their home and they do a special dinner and then, you know, their son or daughter's graduating and they only want me to do their party. And I feel very blessed and very humble that, you know, people want that. So those kind of things, I don't mind. It's so special. They trust me. Mm -hmm. I'm amazed at people who trust me, who do not know me and they hire me on the spot and they've never tasted my food. So I feel very blessed. I do a lot of word of mouth. I pride myself on food integrity. There's a lot of things in food, the food business, which are up and down. We all, we all know it. Food is right now super expensive. So that's something that we're working with in terms, I'm working with in terms of trying to educate people of why something you did last year, I have to raise the prices. And isn't it true? uh, There's a shortage. Yeah. It's so I'm the person you could call and be like, Abby, how much are Cheerios? And I'll be like, they're an aisle three, fourth shelf, they're 249. Like I can give you almost any price and where things are in the market. My friends think this is hilarious, but I I just know the prices of everything. Mm -hmm. And I know the prices of wholesale too. I mean, everything is just harder to procure. It's harder to get. I don't think it's anyone's fault. It's a worldwide pandemic. I think, you know, this is just supply chain and oh, shame on you if you didn't pay attention to what supply chain was when you were in school. You know, it's like people need to explain it to people what's happening. It's that's true. It's unfortunate. Yeah, It's unfortunate. And I do think things are getting better. I felt like around Christmas time, the shelves were decimated and it was really hard to get things. And I feel like now now I'm seeing more full shelves, but I'm also seeing, which I, I kind of really appreciate. I'm seeing a lot of local partners. So like the farmer's markets are doing quite well. And then Big Y, like for instance, is a local market here on the South Shore. They're family owned. They just won Forbes best um, in state business. I noticed they work really hard to bring all kinds of things to your table, regardless of the fact of what's happening in the world. So they have worked with local vendors, you know, because we've got cheese to the north in New Hampshire and Vermont, especially the Vermont cheese world is huge. And, you know, we've got dairy cows and we've got cattle in the West and there's Walden meats. There's, that's just one. There's tons of local. You make a good point. I think it allows uh, these, even these small businesses to reinvent themselves. Yes. 
yes. yeah, makers. And with a larger, with a larger conversation about food. So my dad started the hunger committee in Congress years ago. And the problem like with feeding everybody is you wish you could educate everybody to eat what's in season, because that would also help understanding what you can make for dinner on a broad scale, but it's a big education and it's an expensive thing to eat well, but I try to be mindful. I do a lot of volunteering. I donate many dinners to charitable organizations. I try to help that way. I'll do cooking classes free for, um, I don't know what the right word is because I hate to say kids in need. There are so many kids out there who really want to learn, who are in circumstances that are difficult, but who are willing to figure out how to get out of them. But sometimes when that happens, when I have groups that come to me, I do the cooking classes and I try to stay connected because food is a wonderful career. There's so many jobs in food from sous chef to waitering, to writing about food, to travel. I mean, anything. There's so many opportunities in food. No, you're right. You bring a unique platform in this business because you're building relationships. You're also connecting professional careers to everyday person. I, I believe that you're just building relationships and reintroducing food. Food is how you get to know a culture. I say this because I think it's true. When there was a Syrian crisis a few years ago, I started teaching Syrian cooking classes and my friend's like, are you crazy in Norwell? Like, what are you doing? The thing is, I think people just need to understand what they're afraid of. There is a woman who looks like you sitting in Syria tonight trying to figure out what to make your kids for dinner or maybe not. You know, if you look at Syria where it was located, the spice trade, the beautiful food and resources that come out of there, and when it's not um, in a tough world situation, they produce amazing meals. It was really interesting how that played. It, people were kind of like, what are you teaching? And then they would take the class and, you know, like one is a Mediterranean garlic chicken. It's a Syrian recipe and the women absolutely loved it. And then we started talking, you know, about how just everybody's basically the same. We all want to put food on the table. We all want our kids to be healthy. We all want to be healthy. We all want an opportunity to be happy and have a good job. That's pretty much universal. Right, right. But I go down these rabbit holes, so I'm sorry. I hit. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I find it very interesting. And, I uh, think every culture, I, I teach every culture. I'm classically trained. I went to BU and I did train under Jacques Pepin, but also Jeremy Sewell and Janine Scrap. I always say her name wrong. She's a local pastry chef in Boston and she teaches and she's amazing. And Jim Dodge, who's a pastry chef who cooked for the Ritz and he's had a business for years and years. Jeff Fournier, he's up for the James Beard Award. He has a beautiful restaurant in New Hampshire. Wow. I, I soaked up culinary school. I loved I was on my feet 10 hours a day, 500 hours of instruction. I probably never physically worked harder and I couldn't wait to wash my whites and get back to school. Now in your <laughs> world, do you have summits and conferences with your peers? There are so many places to network. There are the cheese festivals. That's something I get invited to that I'd love to go. There are world food shows. There's a specialty food show. If it's geared towards finding new products, recipes, food, or an interaction with a chef, I was just thinking how you stay involved and at the top of your game because 
always every day think food and think recipes and yeah well a lot of it's reading so i practice every day i cook every day i'll go outside of my comfort zone to learn something i have a group of kids who want me to teach them sushi so i know how to make sushi but i'm not a sushi master what i did during the pandemic is i taught myself certain things on youtube so youtube is actually a very valuable teacher in some respects if you need to learn a technique to do something like you need to learn how to roll the rolls you go to like a sushi master video and you just you have to practice 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 but what's good about that is that you get the visual it's very hard to do it from a book you need to see someone do it and then you just need to practice 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 that's kind of like culinary school you start with the morning of instruction where you're a student in a classroom and then all afternoon for the next eight hours you're cooking I like that. I like that recommendation for our listeners. <laughs> How can people get in touch with you? So I have a website, cookingwithabby.com. And then you can email me at cookingwithabbygray. It's all spelled out at gmail.com, A-B-B-Y-G-R-A-Y at gmail.com. You can call me as well, which is 617-997-5822. Visit buildingbostonandbeyond.com to get a glimpse of our future guests and the many ways you can follow us on social media. Join us next time to hear the latest topics of discussion in Boston and beyond.